This is Brian Q. Miller, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's ah! entertainment. Here on the world, reasons for the None of the Robins ever complained. You're going to melt just like a cheese sandwich. And show you just how powerful I really am. Always hold on to all this. I know we should escape my sight, but those who worship evils might be where my power green lantern lies. But let the universe howl in despair, for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Kill him. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Across the Airwaves, DC Nation section. The only place so far on the internet to find podcast reviews that Cartoon Network's popular Saturday morning programming block, entitled DC Nation, which currently features episodes of Green Lantern the Animated Series and Young Justice, as well as various DC Comics animated shorts. I'm, of course, Dan Schmidt, your host, and with me is the most infamous of our Across the Airwaves core, ATA's Retro Review's very own... Hello, everyone, and it's Michael J. Petty. And what episodes are we covering this week, Michael? Well, today we are covering the Green Lantern, the animated series episode, Lost Planet, as well as three DC Nation shorts, including a new character profile and two on Animal Man. And right after that, we'll be covering the Young Justice episode, Performance. Very nice. Very nice. Well, let's get cracking. Got this awesome week six of DC Nation with the Green Lantern, the animated series episode, Lost Planet. Hal Kilowog and Razor follow an errant GL ring to a mysterious planet looking for a new Green Lantern where they meet the mysterious Mogo and Saint Walker. This week's episode of Green Lantern began with a disagreement in tactics between Hal and Kilowog, with Hal wanting to save the people on a lost planet with an asteroid hurtling towards it by making things up as he goes, and Kilowog thinking that they should follow Guardian Protocol. And kind of like with the personal conflicts that we've been having over the past couple of episodes, Hal and Kilowog's disagreement started out being somewhat humorous, as Razor griped about he and Aya being dragged into this conflict with some Severely morbid negativity. So, Michael, what was your thoughts on this whole disagreement or conflict with the Green Lantern crew? You know, it, it seemed reasonable to an extent. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of kind of where I was on that. I'm I, I don't want to say indifferent about it, but it was kind of just a natural progression. Exactly, and I think there needed to be a team builder occur between the group. Yeah, because they're all so different, they needed to kind of see mm-hmm. that their differences could help each other. Absolutely. So that was good, and of course, Kilowog ever has to be the drill sergeant. So that worked out, and Razor, his negativity kind of made this situation a little funny in terms of what was going on in the ship. Because mm-hmm. like every time they tried to do something, Razor was like, this doesn't work, or we're going to die, or just like, jeez, man, do you have to be that morbid? I know, just, you know, you're a red lantern, you're not a black lantern. Right. Like, you're you're not dead, dude. You're not a zombie. Maybe he'll change his tune once he runs into a Black Lantern. Or is he? Oh, boy. 
Well, he is kind of darkly colored. True. He looks kind of, you know, dead. Yeah. Yeah, but I also, in terms of them kind of making a joke about the conflict, I kind of like that concept of Hal being forced to partner up with that really weird alien that was a part of the group that was stranded on the planet. I just thought that was funny, and it was kind of ironic for Hal that everyone else kind of got to go with their dream partner, and Razor finally got his piece (laughs) of quiet. I know Hal was going for Budkia. Yes, he was. Who is also in the comics of Green Lantern. But was a villain in this. Which was weird. That was weird. Not really... Not really weird, because she's been a villain. But she's been a villain before. Right. Yeah, in Green Lantern First Flight. True. And as... She's at Alpha Lantern, right? I think she is now, yes. Yes. I think she's the leader, actually. If I remember right. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. And she was kind of evil there, too. She's just creepy. Yeah. Doomsday, like, rips her in half or something in the Reign of Doomsday story in action. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, well, you know, that's kind of what happens when you're kind of negative. <laughs> hey, she'd be good for Razor, no. <laughs> Another shipper. Well, she seemed a little je- jealous of Aya in this episode. She did knock her out cold. Yeah. And, and I'm going to gripe about that later. All right. But first off, I just want to say that this group of ship direct aliens, we'll call them, were probably more like General Zod, not an Ursa, compared to potential Green Lanterns, which Hale originally thought they were. Because yeah. Boudica, the female alien of the group, steals the Green Lantern ship with Aya inside. And the other two aliens attack Kilowog and Hal. Mm-hmm. Which was a nice twist. Kind of saw it coming. Yeah. Typical thing. And can I just say I love me some Clancy Brown as a villain? He's always a villain. But he's great. I know, but he's always a villain. It's going to get old sooner. He wasn't a villain in Young Justice, though. Well, that doesn't count. He's mostly Fine. a villain. Well, he's great as Lex Luthor on Justice League. Well, yes. There's... And Superman Animated Series. Gotta go credit there. And Thundercats. Yeah. He's gr- I'm not saying he's not great at everything. I'm just saying I think he need to, needs to expand a little more from his villainous roles. Yeah. Well, he was great as the one-eyed alien here. Yes. Did, did he have a name? I don't remember. I don't think so. Well... Okay. He probably did, but I don't remember what it was. The sources I'm using are really bad at providing names. And I don't see like, anything here, so... I didn't even know that was Boudicca until you just said something. Oh. So. Wasn't it General Zartok? I think that's what it was. Okay. That sounds good. Catch that better than I was. But, again, he wasn't really... As, as we call him, General Zartok. He wasn't this, like, epic war hero. That we thought he was, or Kilowog thought he was. Not even close. Yeah, he was kind of this murderer of honorable men. Mm-hmm. That's what Kilowog called him. And really, kind of with that concept, I really thought the fight between Kilowog and the one-eyed alien could have just been to like fill in space in between the scenes where Hal was figuring out the Lost Planet was alive and introducing St. Walker. Mm-hmm. But I thought the back-and-forth dialogue between... Uh, Clancy Brown 
and Kevin Michael Richardson, who plays K- Kilowog, gave this brawl a lot of weight. Yeah. Almost as you could feel the emotional impact of every punch and construct that was thrown. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, were you feeling that on the fight? Yes. Well, I mean, it was very different because they were very... Like, one was very much like, I really don't want to hurt you because I thought you were a good guy. And then the other was like, I'm just going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it was I, it was really cool, actually. Well, he kind of deserved it. I mean, he killed all those people in that war. Yes. You know, just, I mean, you're not going to mess around with Kellogg. Especially after he tricked him and everything else. Mm-hmm. Do not lie to Kellogg. You will pay. Yes. Yeah. But speaking of fight scenes... I really thought the appearance of St. Walker lived up to its hype. Yes, it did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Phil Morris as St. Walker. Awesome. I think we just need a round of applause. Yeah. Because well, he's been Martian Manhunter before. He's uh, been Vandal yes. Savage before. He was great know. as Martian Manhunter at Smallville. Yes. Great stuff. Vandal Savage, he was great as a villain. Especially in Justice League Doom. Yes. This is a guy who mixes it up, Michael. See? Yeah. Fancy Brown needs to do. Yeah. All I'm saying. So he was good. Yeah. And almost the animated series kind of made him a Yoda-like character Mm -hmm. on this series. And I'm wondering if he's going to have encounters with Hal and the other characters on the show where he somewhat challenges them to face their inner demons. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of like he did here with Razor. Yes. It was awesome kind of how he took him down. And like threw the ring at him, mm-hmm. and it's like you may become a Green Lantern. That was a great way to foreshadow that concept. Yes, which we called, I might add. Yes, we did, and I yes. lo- I loved how Saint Walker just jumped around really limberly and yeah, never got hit once. No, that was cool, and as I said in my notes, as I described it. I was just impressed how much detail the writers put into St. Walker and his fighting style mm-hmm. with him taking the defensive the whole time, I said. Yes. Um, I mean, it just totally fit his character perfectly. Mm-hmm. And, and really, if watching St. Walker fight was this cool without powers, I can't wait to see what happens when he gets his Blue Lantern ring. Well, he was going to be a Green Lantern until he turned it down. So he has. Oh, really? So you think in that stuff. scene he turned it down? What? You think in that scene he turned down the ring? Yes. Okay. And I guess it's probably because of the backstory that was introduced with him in the comics. Yeah. Where he was a pacifist. Okay. Well, and the, that's the thing with Blue Lanterns. They don't use aggressive force at all. True. I mean, they'll fire blasts, but it's not fatal. Right, it's all defensive, like yeah. we saw St. Walker fight here. Exactly. Yeah. And on that note, Michael, I did have a few questions for you about St. Walker that I thought we could discuss, or was just fun to speculate, such as, like, how did St. Walker end up on the Lost Planet, and how is he going to get off the planet, and how is he going to get his Blue Lantern ring? Well, I can answer the last two questions with one word, and that word is Ganthet. Yeah. I mean, they're just going to have to set it up. Yeah. And I guess maybe through Mogo, can't that find St. Walker to give him the blue ring? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it's I mean, it's definitely a possibility. I can't say for sure. All right. 
But I mean that that makes most sense to me. Now is Saint Walker going to get off the planet as a part of Hell's crew? Like is next week's episode going to like take place or start out on Mogo, and they get Saint Walker to come with them? I the- don't think okay. we're going to see Saint Walker immediately. Okay. I think we'll possibly see him after Carol Ferris becomes the Star Sapphire, which is in a few weeks. So um, they're probably going to go back and get him then. They'll probably get him closer toward the end of the season, or he'll come back maybe in the middle of the season. Okay. Is my guess with the blue ring. Um, as to why he's on Mogo, I, I don't really know. I, I felt like he was almost like the, the warden. Maybe like or the jailer guardian. on the island, yeah. On the planet, I meant. That would make the most sense. To like to help Mogo out or keep the people on the island in line or try to rehabilitate them. Because, I mean, yeah. at this point, we know it changes at the end of the episode, but it's not like the planet could really talk to the people on it that he trapped on there to rehabilitate them. Yeah, uh, that makes the most sense. Obviously, it didn't work. But. Right. Well, it would explain why he went to Razor first. True. And someone attacked him. True. Yeah. Right, I'll give you that. Yeah, to help him deal with his issues. So, and, um, did you know the planet was Mogo the whole time? Did yes, you, is I was. That what you thought? I was trying to leave our listeners who might not necessarily know or know about the character. Um, in suspense on that. Oh, okay. But I mean, the first thing I want to get to, we'll get back to that, because I just I had one minor issue with this episode, and I just didn't like how Boudica easy, so easily took advantage of Aya. Yeah. I mean, I get that she's a part of the Green Lantern ship. That that kind of made the writer stuck having her to come off as the damsel in distress, because that's really the only way they could steal the ship. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was kind of Scooby-Doo in the 60s-ish. <laughs> and I just, I didn't like that. I mean, that's old. Or I said cliche, because the Green Lantern universe has a lot of strong-willed female characters. Yeah. So seeing, you know, one get kind of taken hostage like this was kind of... Well, let's let's yeah. think about this. Gray Dizel, or Dee Zell, however yeah. you pronounce her, the actress who plays Aya, played Daphne in a lot of the Scooby-Doo movies. But Daphne is so much more stronger-willed now uh, <laughs> with, with Mystery Incorporated. Well, even there, she's kind of... <laughs> well, yeah, but it's better than it's been. True, but still, my point stands. <laughs> well, she took out a couple of monsters, didn't she? Uh, I think so. Oh, but then there was that volleyball episode. Well, she was Daphne during the entire What's in Scooby-Doo line. Oh, yeah. Well, that one, she was more like the Sarah Michelle Gellar version from the movies. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Mm. But mm. I, guess, I guess the other thing is, I, uh, is like an ar- artificial intelligence. I mean, I guess she doesn't know as much about the world. So Correct. she's naive. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, she's supposed to be, I guess. Well, she no, this actress also plays Daphne on Mystery Incorporated. Yes, she does. Huh. That's why I said that. Okay. I was like, why would you... Then, never mind. Yeah. 
Yeah. The other thing I said um, to kind of justify it in my head is that it was good development for Razor because he did kind of save her and true. was the hero on that scenario. True. So I thought that pushed him one step closer to what um, St. Walker said was his destiny. Okay. So I thought that was fitting for the episode from his standpoint. Well, that makes sense. And, and Aya okay. could become stronger as the show goes on. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. It, it would be nice to get a girl's reaction on the treatment of Aya in this episode to really justify it, but we'll go with what we said. Mm-hmm. We can we can do that. All right. Plus, so, I... No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was able to also look over this issue with Aya as I was impressed with the discovery that the ring Hal and his crew were following was trying to go to the Lost Planet. Who turned out to be Mogo? And that's yes. that Green Lantern planet we've been talking about over the past couple episodes that have compared to Aya. That I totally just screwed up Dan's setup for. So, sorry about that. No, it's fine. Don't worry about that. No, you, I want, you, wanted to, you wanted to know if I saw it coming or not. Yes. Again, I read the synopsis for this episode, and it kind of gave it away. True. I guess I did. Um, I mean, even before I even wrote the script or watched the episode, I knew that. Because it says, well, there they meet the mysterious Vogo. There you go, then. Yeah, you know. It's like, okay, well, that explains it. Yeah. For someone who didn't know so much, uh, it was a surprise to Nico. He thought it was cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Why isn't Nico on our DC Nation section? Because... He, he should be on it sometime. We can have him guest. We should. Maybe Young Justice season finale. Which I've already seen. Yeah, just don't ruin that for our listeners, please. <laughs> okay. Or me, because I, I want to make crackpot theories here. That That's that half oh. the fun of our show, is crackpot theories. I know. I saw it in Portuguese, too, with, like, English subtitles. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I really had to look for Michael that. Michael is a rebel in you terms of no. watching animation. Oh, you have no idea. I spill myself on so much, it's not even funny. Uh... Our interview with Brian Q. Miller should have been longer. <laughs> That's all I have to say. So, listeners, we're not going to spoil you. Even though someone doesn't like to have fun and be surprised. Right. Mm. But I thought that the animation that went into Mogo's transformation was incredible. Yes. And that it really rivaled neat. that destruction of Krypton on Superman the Animated Series. Oh, well, see, I like the destruction of Krypton more because that's more traditional animation. Yeah, I guess from that standpoint, yeah. If that makes sense, so. This was kind of like Bruce Timm and company have advanced in their animation, so this was the CG version of something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, I mean, that's true. But for CG, it was pretty good. Oh, I'm not saying it wasn't. It was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it was very good. The asteroid well exploding done. was cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. And hmm. I don't know, did it bring a smile to your face? Mogo? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It did. I'm not ashamed to admit it. 
then the music was good. It just made you very proud. Who does the score for this show? I want to say it's the guys who did Justice League. I think. I don't, I don't think so. Okay, well, whoever it is, they do a great job. The theme is great. Theme is short. Yeah. Like, like I want a tra- I wanted a traditional superhero TV show theme opening. I'm pretty sure there's more to it. Why wouldn't we have seen it in the first episode then? Part of me feels like because it's in the DC Nation lineup that they they want to get through it quick. So you think they have they'll time put for it the on shorts? DVD? Maybe. If there's a DVD? Because like Young Justice, you know, their opening theme is much longer than it is now since they've returned. And DC Nation started. That's true, but that's because of dis- different reasons. Yeah. Right. True. So, I I very much enjoyed this episode. Yeah, and really, Mogo's transformation, it was great. There was a great job on the animation towards it, but it also gave a nice payoff to the story with Kilowog's decision to kind of go against protocol in the end in favor of Hale's crazy theory that Mogo was a Green Lantern. Because I thought it brought the crew closer together on their shared belief of not leaving a man behind. Mm-hmm. So that ended the episode for me on a good note too. Right. Yeah, with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it was a yeah. nice. Would you say five out of five? Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was a nice preview of things to come. Absolutely. Um, and now I've got I'm gonna pull this on you. Madeline had something to say about this episode. Yeah. And she said that it was dumb that Aya has a robotic body because then she could be hurt, basically. Kind of, sort of. That I, and I guess I understand where she's coming from because she was watched Smallville. She's seen Jor-El's The Fortress. Yeah. And you can't really hurt a giant ice fortress. True. But putting something like that into a body, I guess, that's where she comes from. I don't know. Did it hurt someone like like Vision in the Avengers when he got hurt? Like he got his robotic limbs and stuff ripped off? I, yeah, I, I would assume that hurts. Okay. I, I think it hurt Red Tornado, too. Okay. I just wasn't sure. Cause I, sometimes, sometimes it does hurt the synthetic beans, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. It's really screwy on how they do that. Yes. But she's not an android. She's more of a robot. Yeah. So that makes me feel like it wouldn't hurt. At least she could repair herself. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of where I'd go with that, too. But it, it's goofy when it comes to that stuff, as we said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Any more thoughts on Green Lantern? Or? Not really. I'm really ready to move to the shorts. Which yeah. is going to be more talk about Green Lantern, but that's cool. Well, <laughs> just at first. Just at first. Just at first, yes. So, uh, shorts? Yeah, let's take it away with the shorts. Uh, yeah, our first short is a character profile, and this week it's on Kilowog, and it reveals the origin of Kilowog, how he was a scientist yeah. on his planet, blah, 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 he became you know, Green Lantern, Drill it, Sergeant. It, no. it was, Michael, it was all about proving why Kilowog is my favorite character to the Green Lantern universe. So how oh, do you no. like them apples? Yeah. I think they listen to our show. Right, they do. They listen to me. 
and I really want to kiss up to you. I, I don't know, <laughs> kissing up to me. I just is awesome. It's Kilowatt. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I just thought it was a great move for the who's who and the DC Nation to do this. Because, uh-huh. you know, it shows why I like Kilowog. And hopefully it'll get a lot of other people to like Kilowog too. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, I don't... I like Kilowog. Yeah. I like Kilowog. I don't... Yeah. And, and fans oh. should be more acquainted with him because he's a great character in the Green Lantern universe. Agreed. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you see things that way. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know? That went from like, yes, to like evil... Dracula voice. Good. Wow. I'm glad you see these things. Yeah. <laughs> that was my inner Christopher Lee coming out. You will bow down before me, Jor-El. Oh, that's that's um, Terrence Stamp there. Oh, I know. I miss hearing his voice on a weekly basis. Well, now you can read his voice on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wouldn't it be great if Brian Key Miller did audio comics? Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Brian, Brian, if you're listening. Audio comics, please. Audio comics. If Go to only, Tom Welling's if, house and record him. Exactly. If yeah. you can only do one a year, I'd be fine with it. Just, we need them. Yeah. Just just stop Tom so. Welling at the supermarket. Record this. What? Now. Don't they? <laughs> do it. That's what you need to do. Right. And if you don't, well, we're coming for you. Yes. No, we're not. No, no, no. Don't be afraid, Brian. Well, I'm coming for you. And that's not very threatening, so you're okay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yes. So, then we go to our next short. Animal Man! Animal Man! It's an awesome introduction. Bank robbery. Yes. And, and this and this was kind of weird to me. It was more saving the bug than bank robbery. Stopping. Yeah. True. Yeah. But the bank robbery was by Captain Cold. And this this is where it got weird for me. Because I'm like, Captain Cold has no affiliation at all with Animal Man. Who really has an affiliation with Animal Man, though? Uh, Starfire and Vixen. <laughs> That's about well, it. Well, you can't show that on kids TV. Well, okay, true. I mean, you could uh, yeah. Not Starfire. No, not when she was living in his house. Although, I enjoyed that. <laughs> but but the kinky thing was last week's episode, Michael. I know. Not this it's, week's. We should just combine these last Oh, episodes. no. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is what I have to say about the short. They seem to take that superhero name, Animal Man, in a very literal sense. Since he was more into saving animals than people. Yeah. In these cartoons. It's, it was, wasn't it by the same people who did the Plastic Man one, or no? No, it looked to me like the same animation company or animators that did Courage the Cowardly Dog. If you ever saw that show on Cartoon Network? Yes. Yeah, it, it reminded familiar. me of that. Okay. It really looks similar in the Lots of humor behind it felt similar too. Okay. You know, plus it didn't seem like it was like a mix between like almost like photographs and regular animation. A little bit. With the backgrounds. It, it didn't really bother me though. No, it didn't bother me either. I just was saying that's what made it 
remind me of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah. It was it was really great though. I really <laughs> a lot better than what happens to Animal Man in recent comics, let me tell you that. Yes. New fifty two and <laughs> below. Especially oh, New Fifty Two though. Man, they screwed that character up. Well and they made did Beast they Boy have Death of Animal Man? What? Was it their death of Animal Man? Was it that a recent story arc? I've, yeah, and now he's back, and now he's empowered by the same thing that gives Vixen and Beast Boy their powers. So which is he is red? Called the red, and now Beast Boy's red because of it, not yeah, green. Whatever. So it needs to be Martian Beast blood. Boy for Beast had Boy had racial change. Yeah. And Animal Man now is a guy with like red goo on himself. Animal Man. In the comments. I just have to sing his name now. And I say I mean, I think everyone deserves the right to have their name sung when they like enter a room or show up somewhere. Like mm-hmm. Michael Petty Denishman. Michael Petty. See it's like fun when you showed up. There like, you go. We need to hire that guy to do our intro on our show. So yeah, I can be like, I'm your host. The guy's like Dan Schmidt. Come on, announcer, if you're listening, call us up. Seriously. Call the voicemail number. Hold on, hold on. I'll we'll do the voicemail off. number. I yep. got this. And it's what's that number, Michael? 1-773-809-3363. That is 1-773-809-3363. So, announcer guy, I'm telling you, if you're listening, announce us. Hook us up, man. Absolutely. Just call us up, leave us voicemail, and let us know. You doing that like is right up there with my fantasy of entering a room where I'm introduced by the 20th Century Fox theme. Okay, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That's pretty sweet. I mean, man, that's like a fantasy. That's like on my list of fantasies to have. Enter a room with the 20th Century Fox theme. I like that. Yeah. I think one day... I'm going to enter you into a room like that. Nice. It will be done. If you do that, that would be awesome. I know, wouldn't it? It'd mm-hmm. be so sweet. And then all like all the like lights shining on you and yeah. And then That'd go awesome. right into the Star Wars theme. Yes. Bye. That's the only way you can do it, man. I want to say John Williams composed that 20th Century Fox theme. I'm sure he did. Or did a variation on it so it would go right into the Star Wars music. Well, on the new releases of episodes 4 through 6 soundtracks, yeah, the first track is the 20th... Century Fox theme, and then it goes right into the main theme. That's awesome. It's really sweet. You can get them at the St. Charles Library. Very cool. Yeah, have someone go get them for you because they're pretty sweet. Or or a local library near you. Oh yeah. You don't know where the heck St. Charles is. I'm just talking <laughs> to Dan, so because that's kind of the point of right. Uh, okay. Joe Humrick, if you're listening, you live close by from Starkville's House of L. You could probably hit up the library. And Tenth Wonder. And Tenth Wonder, yes. Which I'll Can't be honest, that. I didn't listen to because Heroes got really boring after the first season. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go, well, you watch it later on. Well, that's true too. I watched it 
in its final season. That's when I started watching it. So, but let's talk about Animal Man. Well, actually, I was gonna say another group of heroes. No, the, we have to do the other shore. I know the other group of heroes was the super best friends forever. See, I, I was doing a segue here, Michael. But weren't there two Animal Man shorts? Don't you? Well, I it was kind of the same yeah, thing. But it was the train. Yeah, the train was coming at the girl. He saved the animal over the train, and the girl somehow got off the tracks. Which Madeline thought was dumb that she saved, or that he saved the animal, not the girl. But right. She was yelling at me about it. Hey, but the, the girl got eh. off the tracks. That's a strong female character. Maybe that was. She <laughs> was making know, up for they, Aya. Yeah. 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 They're like, sorry about Green Lantern, we'll make it up to you. I know, I've totally ruined your segues twice already. <laughs> it's okay. It's becoming a world record. That Maybe that's an idea for an episode title. Stop screwing up the segue. Well, we could either do that or Animal Man. Animal Man. I don't know, I can't decide. Segway killer. <gasps> that's it. Yeah, there you go. We're coming up with our episode titles in our episodes now, so... That's creative, yeah. We're doing brainstorming sessions in our podcast. Isn't that wonderful, guys? Don't yeah, it's a new frontier. It? Uh-huh. It's like spoiler alert for your upcoming broadcast. Well, the thing is, they'll see the title first before listening to the episode. Well, true, but... So they'll... it won't really be a spoiler. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. They're right. I thought I was going somewhere, and I just got shot down, so... Yeah, well... <laughs> We're even now. Dang it. Anyway. And everyone's like, just get to the darn short now. Yeah, I know. Everyone's like, shut up, Michael. <laughs> Great. So let's talk about, well, I guess, time waits for no podcast host either. As we're going to talk about the short, time waits for no girl. Which is a super best friends forever short. Yes. There's the segue. There's that phone. Yeah, Michael has issues with the phone. It rings. It's off now. Okay. I stalled it. He angrily ripped it out of the wall. <laughs> I ripped it out of We're the wall. We're podcasting. I terminated the corner. Yeah. All right. So this second edition of Super Best Friends Forever, because we just need to get to it now, mm-hmm. featured Barbara Gordon dealing with a problem that's pretty consistent for her, which is having to sneak out to fight crime as Batgirl without her father. A.K.A. a very fat version of Commissioner <laughs> Gordon. Knowing about it. I know. That's That was my first reaction. What, I, what is with the, the short proportions being off on people? First there's Supergirl. Oh. Now there's Commissioner Gordon. Latino Wonder Girl. Super skinny Batgirl. Well, yeah. I can't believe I compared Supergirl to Commissioner Gordon in one sentence. That's a little... Isn't that, isn't that weird? The only one so fun. far in these shorts has been spot on is Poison Ivy. Right. And on that note, after all the effort that Batgirl put into catching up with Supergirl and Wonder Girl, as well as winning the heart of Beast Boy from the new Teen Titans shorts by riding on that moped, I was <laughs> a little disappointed that we didn't get to see her take Poison Ivy down. But maybe, Oh, come on. You didn't really expect that. Well, maybe that's what's going to happen in the in the next short. Possibly. Just so they can show that they can accurately proportion one of their characters properly. Do, okay, do the Super Best Friends Forever shorts remind you of Gotham Girls? Do you remember those? 
Yeah, but they're a little wackier. Well, yeah, but that's what they remind me of. Yeah, it's the same concept. Just it, with heroes instead of villains. Yeah, and it was more fun when it was Harley and Ivy, in my opinion. Although you, you bought into it that, more. The third season of that show was pretty good, because that was actually a real story. Yeah. It was a little off the wall, though, too. Yeah. I think if they moved some storyboards around and kind of changed it up a bit, it would it could have been like really interesting. True. Yeah. I can go with that. There was also kind of a throwback to the Hardak episode. Ugh. In that uh, short when Batgirl Batarangs, uh, I think it was like a robot version of I want to say, well, it's Harvey Bullock on Batman the Animated Series that she threw into the bat signal. Yeah. But she threw someone into the batter. She batarangs someone to the bat signal in season three of Gotham Girls. Then it looks similar to that. It was that um that woman who was the Mr. Freeze poser. Yes, right. Exactly. It was Nora Freeze's sister. Yeah, that was weird too. True. Yeah. It's kind of off. And then they had a Gotham Girls comic book that was a little bit darker and had um Batgirl and Renee Montoya team up, which is kind of interesting. See, I never I never read that. Uh Paul Dini wrote it. It was like four or five issues. Was it like a mini series or did it get canceled? Yeah, it was it was in a mini series. Oh, okay. It was really interestingly animated too. It kinda of looks hmm. like uh Super Best Friends Forever a little bit. But it? just a little darker looking. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say that's kind of weird, but okay. Yeah. Well, with, so, yeah. Well, with that, I think we're going to have to continue the performance of this podcast with our thoughts on the Young Justice episode, Performance. The team tries to find a thief using the Haley International Traveling Circus as a cover for his activities, but much more... Wait, crap. Let me redo that. <laughs> I read the wrong It would have been funny if you said crap in the announcer voice. Oh, I should have done that. I can't improvise. No, I can. Never mind. Just, okay. The team tries to find a thief using the Haley International Traveling Circus as a cover for his activities, but find much more. You know, Michael, I have to say, it's impressive that you could hold that announcer voice for so many episodes in a row that you just broke it on this episode. I have to give you props for that. Well, it won't be broken again, so you don't have to worry about it. Okay, well, it just it's impressive that you could hold it Thanks. for as long as you did not screw up with it for six episodes. It's pretty good. Thanks. So props to you, and maybe we could call Guinness about that one. We should. Yeah. But this week's episode of Young Justice started out making me a little angry, as I thought it was starting with the flashback. <gasps> because I was like, who the heck are these daring danger people? Where are the flying Graysons? And when did Robin Dick Grayson have sisters? Did you really not pick that up? <laughs> but then after going, Hello, Dad! I breathed easier, but I discovered that it was Robin and the Young Justice team going over, undercover as a means of proving to Interpol agent Faraday, who was ironically voiced by Clancy Brown, that C.C. Haley, going with the comic books on that, Am I wrong on his first name? Uh, in terms of the show? Jack Haley. 
Jack Haley? Okay. That's what I thought it was. Uh, he's the ringmaster of the circus Robert grew up in, was innocent when it came to a string of thefts plaguing Europe. Also, since it was Clancy Brown, he did have a little bit of diversity here. He was a good guy, yeah. So that was nice. So he was a good guy, but kind of a bad guy because he wanted to close the circus. Okay, true. I guess we can go that route yeah. if you really want to do that, but okay. And I can't believe Fine. I fell for that daring danger thing. I didn't get what was going on. Well, as soon as I saw the guy tossing the barrels, I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> I was just like, what is this? What's going on? This doesn't make sense. I guess I was like so excited for Flying Grayson's that I just didn't like that you were just processed. Down. Yeah. You were just shot down. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. And even though this was a standalone episode, primarily centered on Robin, it did not neglect the mole issues. As Red Arrow quickly voices opinion that Robin was putting himself in danger by selecting the three mole suspects as his teammates on this mission, thus confirming our suspicions. God Superboy, Miss Martian, at Artemis. Do, 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 I, do. I also thought it was good for Roy's story arc that you could disagree with me on this, Michael, if you want. Or for his character development. For him to express his concern and later on say that he joined this mission to protect Robin, who he sees as his friend. Because with him acting yeah. like a jerk the last week's episode, I felt we needed a reason to root for him. So I thought that did this. Well, it's a very good development for this version of Roy because, right. I mean, he this version has been really angry and it's not the lighthearted speedy that we knew at the beginning of the series. Right. So. One, he needed to be fr- at least show he's friends with somebody. Yes. Or care about somebody after last week. Well, remember that episode where they had to defend uh, Lex from the League of Shadows? That's right. He did look out for Aqualad. Yeah. 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 The only one who he hasn't really connected with is Kid Flash. But, but I also, can see them not getting along. True. Because he's so serious and Wally's so Wally. Uh, goofy. Yeah. And also, um, two little quick things. One, Parasite was voiced by Adam Baldwin. Yes, I mentioned that in the script. <laughs> oh. Who was playing I, that later on, but yeah. Oh, okay, I was going to say, did I totally just pass that? No, <laughs> no, you're good. Okay, cool. And then, um... And Adam Baldwin was on Chuck. He played John Casey. In case you don't know. And Jane Cobb on Firefly. Yes. And he's on Castle. And should have been on Castle on Monday, but they, stupid ABC, preempted it. Oh, good. That made because me so mad. I to see it. But it made me so mad, because they said it was going to be out on Monday night. Then it wasn't. They moved it for that stupid Grey's Anatomy writer's new show, Scandal. Ooh... And don't get me started on Grey's Anatomy. Oh my god. That's that, uh, stupid. Anyway. Anyway. And then, um, yeah, no Aqualad. Again, for the third week in a row. Yeah. I'm getting mad. I, I think we'll see more in the next couple weeks. All I'm hearing is stuff about this new black Spider-Man, and I get no Aqualad. I'm very upset. Oh, well. But we'll get more Aqualad in the next... Three episodes, possibly? Uh, Well, next two. There are two until the finale. Yeah, but you saw the next three. I I didn't see the penultimate. 
I saw the finale. Is Aqualad in that? Aqualad is in the finale. Everyone's okay. in the finale. Okay, good. Then we'll see Aqualad. That makes you feel better. Yeah. Okay. Good. But next week's episode, which I guess technically airs in two days at time of recording, I don't know about that one. Okay. All right. I think we'll get more of him soon. I hope so, because I miss him. But keeping the focus back on Robin, the reason why he brought three suspected bulls on this mission was that he didn't want to return to Halley's... Well, Halley's. uh, Halley's! To to Halley's Circus with someone who knew his backstory because he thought it would impair his judgment. Which is why he didn't take Aqualad or Kid Flash, correct? Right. And when this issue was brought up, I really thought we were going to get a flashback to the death of Dick's parents. Especially when he looked at that poster of the Flying Graysons. Mm-hmm. But we didn't get any, probably because of stupid Christopher Nolan's bat embargo. Where they can't use Batman villains in certain things. But how would it's that... All after all's movie, I don't know. ...matter, because at this point, one, the movie is going to be released in June, and right. two... Robin's not supposed to be in it unless it's a hint. Well, and it, well, maybe they just didn't have time. That's possible. They had time. Well, they had a lot to cover. They had all that Superboy stuff that they did, which we're going to get to in a minute. But they could have cut down on, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah, they could have done that in another episode, even or next week or whatever. Who knows? But we'll see how it all plays out. Maybe they maybe they needed to do it this week. Who knows? True. In fact, kind of with that Flying Grayson's poster. My brain went far enough to think that the villain in this episode was going to be connected to the death of Dick's parents. Kind of like in a Batman Forever two-pace. Two-pace. Wow. Two-pace. I really can't say things right now. <laughs> like in a Batman Forever two-face capacity. Again, I can't complain too much that neither one of these things happened. As we did to get a great heart-to-heart conversation over the earpiece between Wally, a.k.a. Kid Flash, and Robin. Which right. I really enjoyed, like the Kilowog Who's Who in the DC Nation, because it's just awesome that this show has established the two of my favorite characters from the DC Universe, as in Dick Grayson and Wally West, are such good friends. Yes, which, to be honest, after the death of Barry Allen, kind of fell away for a very long time yeah. until that Titans series and then Dick had to leave to become Batman after Bruce quote unquote died because of Grant Morrison's really stupid final crisis story yeah. which is more convoluted than anything I've ever read <laughs> but yeah yes and really it, that kind of was a little bit of Jeff Johns factor in there with some of that Dick well, and Wally's friendship in the back yeah and New Teen Titans as we've seen from his inclusion of Cyborg in the new Justice League but if he grew up with Wally, why get rid of him? I don't think that was his call, to be honest, because he doesn't no, write Flash. Darn you, Grant Morrison. Well, that might have not been his fault. I blame him for a lot of things, but that might have not been his fault. And now you've suddenly just gotten very quiet. Hmm. Because, I don't know. Oh. I thought, like, Grant Morrison took you hostage or something, because I was complaining. He's in the room! He's in the room and he has Brainiac with him. Brainiac is the internet. Brainiac's not real. Brainiac is the internet. Everybody run. 
Oh my gosh. That is so stupid. I'm sorry. I just have to rant about that, because... Oh. And who's the collector, exactly? That's the most well, he, hardest he, thing uh, ever we're, Just so everyone can keep up with this. We're talking about the new action comics. The new 52 that came out. And supposedly the collector destroys Krypton in the same way Brainiac destroyed it on the Superman animated series, if you've seen that. If you haven't, go to the, the World's Finest website and look up Superman the Animated Series. It'll tell you all about it. But um, Michael's just kind of having a hard time that Grant Morrison decided to make the collector responsible for that whole plot. It's either going to be Brainiac, General Zod, well, or and he bottles, I Dark Side. He bottles a part of Metropolis in the issue. That's the cliffhanger at the end. Which is stupid. Yeah. Because we just saw that in Jeff John's action comics storyline, Brainiac, which was fantastically well done. Yeah. This, on the other hand, is rushed and not as well done by far. It's The story isn't told in a linear order, and it just doesn't work because of that, in my it's opinion. It's written for people who take LSD, and then the backup is written for people who don't. Right. And, and I just want you guys to think that we're not, like, against everything Grant Morrison writes. Oh, no, 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 no. Because we I really like his JLA run. Yes. Yeah. And All-Star Superman. But I feel better complaining about it because, you know, as our good friend Brian Q. Miller, who was on this podcast, said, you're entitled to your own opinion on things. So why I'm complaining. That's our opinion. You guys might love it, but that's where we are because we're just passionate comic book fans. And we want to be told a good story. I mean, that's the best way to say it. Yeah. And we're using these as material to help us with our own writing. Correct. So we want good material because it helps us write our own good material. So mm-hmm. that's where we're on that with on that. Yes. But going back to this decently written episode, I felt that it was kind of necessary to have the parasite as the villain in this episode. Why is that? Well, first off, I should have figured out he was the villain right away as soon as Robin came down with the fever. Well, see, that's the thing, though, because there are other villains in the comics that can create sickness right. like that. But and then you're like... Ro- and Robin has no powers. True. And Parasite isn't supposed to be able to take ability, right. just well, powers. I guess Miss Martian gave it more away when she got yeah. sick. Maybe that's when I should have figured it out. And, you know, Parasite's shape-shifting ability allowing him to, I guess, infiltrate the circus should have been another giveaway. Because mm-hmm. that's really the only way they could have framed Haley and explained it in a quick way. At least that's what I thought. Okay. Also, using the Parasite was a good way to connect Superboy and his whole thing with the patches that Lex gave him to the episode because it did make the Young Justice team suspicious of the possibility that Superboy is doing something to enhance his powers. Mm. Like Robin was asking, like, how can you do heat vision? And I didn't know you could do certain things. Well, he said it developed, which technically it will develop eventually. Yeah, I think so. It should, because that's how it worked in the comics. But I don't know about... um, The flight should have been a dead giveaway to them. Yeah. And I, did they even see him fly? Yeah. 
No one mentioned it. I thought it. they did. I thought they were on the the train, and didn't he fly? Or was that before they got up there? I think that was before they got up there. Okay. Conveniently. Yeah, uh-huh. Conveniently. <laughs> and it seemed that Lex's patches kind of removed Superboy's inhibitions. Kind of in a Clark, Smallville, Red Kryptonite kind of way. Will this eventually lead to him losing control at some point? Maybe. I mean, I that whole know. thing, I... you know, where he wanted to go after the bad guy over saving Miss Martian's life. Mm-hmm. I seriously thought after that he was going to step in front of a bathroom mirror and shave his head. Because I really want to see that storyline on TV, to be honest. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but it I would really be awesome. That seems ripe for a Young Justice episode. Or Doesn't a DC it? animated movie, either. Yeah. There, too. I mean, it's either one. Yeah. It would be awesome. It would give me the creeps as well. Oh, absolutely. But they got the voice actor to pull it off. Who, yeah. And that voice actor does a lot of voices for this show. You know, it, it would almost be like Clark Luthor. Clark Luthor! Which, that was freaky on Smallville. Just want to see how it all turns out. Like when Tom Welling started yelling mm-hmm. as, as the Clark Luthor character. That was that was pretty freaky. You were scared of that. Yeah. Again, you weren't as scared as, of that as Black Manta, but that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> Wait a minute. What about Black Manta? I thought you were afraid of Black Manta. Oh yeah, I got really creeped out about <laughs> Black Manta. But I don't remember. I don't remember what that discussion was about. You just said you were scared of Black Manta. That's true. I don't he's know why. Creepy, I just thought it was man. funny. I want to give you a hard time about it. He's creepy. He kills Aquaman's son in cold blood in the comic books. Oh, that yes. dude is a messed up dude. And he's going to be back in the Aquaman comic by Jeff Oh, Donald's. no. Yeah, he's coming back real that, soon. That comic's crazy. Isn't it? And if... Oh, my God. He's going to be crazier now. Yes. If I, Black Manta's freaky then, oh, no. All I can hope is that Calder, a.k.a. Aqualad, a.k.a. in the comics, known as Jackson Hyde, I hope he comes back, too. Well, he should, because he seems to have the powers of Mira's colony, or whoever they are. Yeah. So I'm assuming he's going to be there. We'll see. Then again, we're getting lost in comics. Well, I mean, it fits his DC Nation. True. But... Which we will be covering Smallville Season 11, the comic, on DC Nation soon. Very soon, yes. And maybe even giving our favorite moments per week in comic books. Yeah, is that... Now, the Smallville thing, is that started the next two weeks? Well, the it, first issue comes out tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow? Yeah. That's what I thought. It was coming soon. Yeah, it comes out tomorrow, so nice. I guess next week's episode will start that. Very cool. And if you haven't already, go set up and get that. Yeah, there's a really good article on uh, on CryptonSite.com that talks about how you can get it. Yeah. And guys, please do not pirate this. No, don't. We not. can't stress it enough. Not just to support Brian Q. Miller, but to keep Smallville who, alive. Yes, because if you don't buy it, they're gonna stop printing it. Yeah. And did you know if like a third of Smallville fans who watch it on TV buy this comic the first day it comes out, it's going to outsell everything in the past year? Nice. That's what I heard. So Do I don't that. know if that's true, but... Outsell action comics so maybe it'll get better. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. 
And also, we'll provide, now that we're discussing about it, I'll provide a link to that great article on Krypton site in the ACC feed if you're listening to the enhanced version of this podcast. And I'll put it into the description for it as well. Yeah. And going back to this Young Justice episode, because we keep getting sidetracked. (laughs) I'm sorry. Big time. No, it's okay. You're throwing off sideways. You're sidetracking me, Michael. I know. Might as well just go with it. Yep. But at the end of this episode, that worst case scenario of Connor shaving his head did not happen as the Young Justice team came together, despite their personal issues, and defeated Parasite, causing Red Arrow to declare that Superboy, Miss Martian, and Artemis are all cleared of being the mole, making me feel like Roy is now the mole based on his relationship with Cheshire. But it's possible he could be working as a double agent for the government, like in the story in the comic books where he fell in love with Cheshire. We shall see. Yes, we shall see. And I say that in a very taunting tone. And, and I don't want to bring that up. Because I know who it is. <laughs> right, that's why I don't really want to talk about it anymore. Because someone already knows what happens. And if I get you talking, you're going to blow it. And it's so crazy. You're going to slip. Is it satisfying? It's very satisfying. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, because I don't want our listeners angry at us. Revealing something. That's my so. crackpot theory. We'll see if I'm right in a couple weeks. Well, I, I'm really. Or will it be sooner than that? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Not okay. this Saturday. The next Saturday. All right. Good stuff. But on the other hand, with this reveal of the mole on a horizon, I did think this episode ended on a happy note, as Haley recognized Dick as one of the flying Graysons, and Which... they had that nice moment where he thanked him for his help. Yes, I love that. It's good stuff. That. Which, you know, wouldn't he recognize Robin as being Dick too? Yeah, I would I would say it was a combination of the two. Because I think he was I saying know. I recognize all three. Okay. I mean I can go with that. Yeah. Again, did he really see Robin? No. Which is what I'm saying. Okay. So I don't know. He probably would have. If he yeah, showed yeah. up at the circus. True, true, true. But it satisfied but the point of the, the story. He was at the train at that point. Right. I think it satisfied the story that he recognized him as in the disguise of... Was it Dan Danger he went by? Uh, One of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it know. was tricky. He called people by code names. He's like, Dana and Diana. And I'm like, what? who the D- heck is he talking there, about? There was a Dean Danger, too. Yeah, Dean Danger. The only Dean I know is Dean Winchester. Or Dean Winters from Smallville. Or Dean Winters, yes. Dean Winchester is a little more well-known. But, yeah. But us Smallville fans, you know. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I think that's going to wrap things up. Uh, I would talk the whole thing more, but someone's probably going to spoil it. So you can You can talk it. I just won't reveal anything. All right. If you want to say something, go ahead. No, that's all I was going to say. Because it's more, it's more I have had questions for you to ask, but I really can't ask them now because they're irrelevant. But we'll have our bowl discussion soon. So that'll be good. It'll be covered. Oh, yes. Yes, it will. Yes. All right, everyone. Well, we've got a special treat for you at the end of this DC Nation episode. 
and that's the highly anticipated comic book written by Brian Q. Miller. Brian Q. Miller. Small hell. Go ahead, just push it back. Wow, sorry, Brian. Segway killer. I guess. Yeah, Segway killer strikes again. And it wasn't me. Could kill my own Segway. Wow. Okay. It's okay. Well, anyway, we're going to be talking about the comic written by Brian Q. Miller. That's been highly anticipated. And that's the comic book known as Smallville Season 11. Let's take it away with the first part of the Smallville Season 11 comic book series, Guardian, with Issue 1. What happens after Clark puts on the costume? Can he keep his super secret quiet? Pierre Perez illustrates Brian Q. Miller's story in this first chapter of this ongoing series. Okay, we're very excited because we just read the first issue of Brian Q. Miller's Smallville Season 11 run. Gonna have to say we were very impressed, very happy. The artwork was great. And he gave us a little taste of what's going on with each one of the characters, which was awesome. Do you agree, Michael? Absolutely, I agree. We were very excited. It was good stuff. The issue started out with us at the newspaper stand, right out of Smallville. Do you remember the newspaper stand in front of the Watchtower? Yes. Yet everyone's excited. They're buying newspapers because Superman's here. There's, they're not alone. There's aliens out there. Uh, Superman fried a bunch of parademons as he moved to Apocalypse, and things are looking pretty good for Metropolis. Yeah. I would have to say. And parademons. Yes, there's parademons. That's just awesome. It's pretty sweet. By the way, if you guys have your Smallville Season 11 comics with you, or they're popped up online, uh, feel free to look at them with us and follow us through each comic page as we discuss them. Absolutely. But yeah, we're on one right now. And we find out in this page that the six months later, or six months earlier, I should say, when Superman moved Apocalypse, that event was called Contact. Yes. Which, which is Jericho's catchphrase. Nice. You know Jericho, right? The TV series. No, no, no. The, uh... Oh, yes, Jericho. The character. That's the, a comic book. The Titan who was killed. Well, when you say Jericho, I think of the TV series. Novel. That's because it's awesome. Yeah. But yes, you were right. Maybe Jericho is the newspaper man. Oh, that'd be awesome. It's a fantasy thing. Oh, oh. No. Who could be the radio broadcaster? Could it be Godfrey? No, he's not. Well, I don't I think, think he's gone. dead. It's Leslie Willis. It was. Okay. Definitely. We can go with that. Oh, we can. Isn't she supposed to be dead? I this fall well, years? yeah. Is that the same? I don't know. I don't know how it works. Well, we move on to Oliver Queen and Chloe Sullivan Queen now. Yes. She said an hyphen to her name. Why don't you just call yourself Chloe Queen? Queen Chloe. Ooh, Queen Chloe. I yeah, that. it's not like she's writing for the newspaper anymore. 
not like people are not going to know. Yeah, it's not like people don't know she's married to Alfred. Well, she is writing for the Daily Star or whatever it is, right? I think that's her cover, yeah. Yeah, okay, so. So maybe she needed to do that for a writer name. But they're at Watchtower. Yes, they are at Watchtower. They're looking out on the street. They're excited. They're waiting for their pal fight to fly by. My Superman. Oliver looks like he's made some changes to his costume. He looks a little bulkier. Yeah, he looks a little bulkier, too, yes. He's been working out for the past six months. Oh, he's got to. He's fighting crime now. And he has a wife. He's yeah. got to impress her. He's got to fight parodians. Well, parodians are gone. True. But True. there are other superheroes. Like, Parasite is still out there, because we haven't seen him since right. season eight. Then there's more superheroes. Correct. So we go to the next page. And Chloe wants Oliver to have some sleep. But they're probably not really going to have some sleep. <laughs> Thank you, Sheldon. Yes. Can I have the Sheldon of this podcast? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Oliver is drawn a little differently yeah. than Justin Hartley. He doesn't. He has a little bigger head. I think so. And not in an egotistical way, in a physical way. <laughs> and his hair is different. It's more like the new 52 green arrow. And Chloe's hair is kind of different from what it was. Yes. Hers is yeah. straight. Yeah. Completely straight. Like season five straight. Yeah. But longer. And then we have Lois. In their apartment. Asleep alone. Without a car, which is kind of sad. With Superman t-shirt. Which is awesome. Because, I mean, if Lois is like a white snake rock band groupie, of course she's going to be a Superman groupie. Of course. That's pretty awesome. So, I wonder if Clark gets paid for his merchandise. Not sure. Because, you know, it's kind of his shield. He's it, the last one of his fans. And it sounds like she's dreaming about a quick, a quick trip that she and Clark took to Mexico. And she's talking about a barista. What's well, a barista, anyway? Um, it's a Spanish word for a person who makes coffee. Oh. And she's talking about tacos, so I'm assuming. That's what happened. Yeah, that's on the next page. in South America. Yeah, Earth must be a real safe place because Lois could go to sleep with the window open. It's true. And she's in... You can see their wedding gifts in the background. Yeah, true. And she's in Metropolis with the window open. So that's pretty safe because she's not in Smallville filled with uh, creepy, creepy stalker stalkers. Exactly. Yes. And all the meteor freaks who... Yes. Hopefully are still around because I want to see like normal meteor freaks in this. Cause they're in Smallville. Well, I know, but the comics called Smallville. Sure. So you can't call it Smallville without visiting Smallville. Right. Because you have to go back and see the creepy stuff. And Superboy and Martha Kent and Shell. Right. So right. they are there. True. LexCorp. It's LexCorp now. It's not Luther Corp anymore. Yeah, because it felt the words fell off. The worst fox, yeah. So they decided, hey, look, we're not going to pay for this, so we'll just call it. And we have Lex standing in front of that window, right where we left him. Yes. At the end of season 10. He's been there for six months. He's just been standing there. (laughs) And they talk about the tireless efforts of this man flying around here today. And they still can't say the word. No. After all this time, they still can't say it. 
it's that lawsuit, you know. Yeah, we can't call lawsuit. Superman and we can't keep the red underwear, so no. we just have to, you know, go with it. So they can't they they can't say it again. Got Lex is talking to a new henchman, believe it or not, and always makes that Stuart. It's Otis. Stuart? Stuart? Otis. It's, it's Otis. Mr. Lufour. Who you may recognize by Michael's impression of him. Was the henchman in Superman the movie. And Superman 2 until he was left in prison. And Superman 2 Quest for Peace, right? No. 2 is with Zod. 4 is Quest for Peace. Isn't he in Quest for Peace? No, that's Lenny. Oh, just Lenny? They don't have... Lenny should be introduced next. Oh, no. Yes. No, no, no. Brian Q. Miller, if you're listening, Lenny Luther. No, Lenny Luther. Yes, we want Lenny Luther. No, Lenny Luther's an idiot. That's why we want. No. We want Lex to throw him out of the window. So we have Lex and he's waiting for Superman. So he can stare him angrily in the face. He's been waiting six months to see Superman in the sky. Oh. And he wants things to get back to normal. He doesn't like this. But when has things been normal for Lex now? Because he doesn't remember when it was normal. <laughs> That's true. This is as normal as life has been. He wakes up to a giant ball of fire in the sky. But with us kind of joking around, it, it is kind of menacing and makes him look really evil. Well, you can't that see That he's his standing face. and staring up this window. You can't see his face. We couldn't get Rosenbaum, so we're going to cover his face. Which makes it really haunting and freaky. Until the next page, or next few panels, I guess, where you see his face. Yeah, and he says it right on schedule, and there comes Clark, aka Superman, finally comes through. And then we see Lex looking out the window with a bunch of glass. There's a red and blue blur. Yes. Which would have been awesome to see on the TV show. Yes. Uh, that would have made uh, Derek Russell from Star Trek, House of Bell, get up on a chair and yell very loudly. Yes! This would have been a great season 11 from your audience, wouldn't it? And screaming and yelling. And Michael and I would have been very excited in our homes. Well, we were already excited. We we're like, this would be awesome yeah. on TV. And then we we're like, oh, yeah. wait. <laughs> um, but it's awesome in this comic. Yes, it is. It's very cool. Very cool opening shot, very characteristic of this show. Yes. As well, which was perfect because Brian had said when we talked to him in his interview that he would do this. So kudos to Brian to on that. Which, by the way, Brian, we're going to be kissing up to a lot. It was awesome, Brian. For the next six months. It feels comedy. like it fits the show. Much better than that ridiculous Angel comic where it starts out with Angel flying on a dragon. Which, which sounds cool. It is cool, but it never happened on the show. Yeah, but the next part of this comic would never happen on Smallville. Yeah, but it's it's acceptable. It is just establishing Jack, so you're not taking things too far. And it basically is this establishing shot of a space station above Earth. A Russian space station. It's a Russian space platform. Oh, I'm sorry. It's us. And so they're looking out there, and there's nothing on the radar. Nothing's coming, nothing they can see. No UFOs, giant planets, as they say. They're waiting, and then somebody goes, what the heck is that? The perfect comic book style. They actually say, what the hell is that? Yes. But this is a... That's true. This is a family-friendly podcast. Yes. So I'm sorry. Got to like, what the hell is what? What the, what? What the heck is Excuse that? Excuse me? <laughs> we'll edit that out later. <laughs> a reading dialogue. Okay. They're talking about, look out the window, and all these dots appear. And Michael's like, is it parrot even? Like, the season 9 finale? But all those people back Okay. Out season, okay. 
rant real quick. Season nine it, finale, that should have been parademons. I'm saying that right now. I don't care. There was granny goodness in the hospital, and Oliver gets taken by a bunch of dots moving at super speed. Those had to have been parademons. I don't care if it was a suicide squad. Right. Exactly. Just say. Yeah, Alright. So, so we go to the next And rant. Okay, they're gonna hit. Meteor shower. These rocks are red ish instead of green. Maybe season one reference? Meteor shower? Or season four reference? Or season four. But these these don't seem to be seem to be a little different. Yeah. Different color, especially when they came out of this big like red crack or streak in the sky. Very similar to the Fantastic Four origin. Because they're saying here that they think they're under attack, which is interesting. So maybe someone caused this to happen? Maybe they think Apocalypse is back. Or maybe it's like something no good. Who knows? I don't know if it... It seems more outer spacey to be Lex. That's true. So. So the astronauts are freaking out. They don't want to do it doesn't look good. So this means that this is a job for who? Oh. Oh, there's still more people in trouble. Some guy went flying off into space because somebody grabs him, which is awesome. And that's yes. that's surprising. And I love all the off-camera stuff they have in here. Doesn't with him interesting inter entering the scene because it is characteristic of the show too. Mm -hmm. It's a way they would save money by cutting out. <laughs> but it's very much a lot like Superman Secret Origin. Yes. How they did that. That was very much what uh, Jeff Johns did in his runs on Action Comics and Superman, respectively. Yep. So that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. So we jumped again. And then this guy who they thought was dead and got sucked out of space, Alexi, is alive and it's awesome. And then in Russian, somebody goes, Look up in the sky. In Russian. Which is awesome. Yeah, then somebody off screen firing heat vision. I wonder that who could that be? Uh, Supergirl. Yeah, okay. Uh, he goes, This will be another moment, ladies and gentlemen. Got someone sitting right next to me, Michael J. Betty yelled. This sounds like Chris Reeve. Yes. And I'm not complaining. I am so happy. That was awesome, yes. Because we've missed that. And that's what happened. And everyone got excited. But really, it wasn't Chris Reeve, it was Tom Lyle. It was Tom Lyle. Yeah. But this, he acts like Chris Reeve. Then we had this awesome full body shot of Clark's new Superman costume. Yes. And everybody goes, it's Superman, and it's awesome. And, and they say and the right. costume's awesome, and the symbol looks more like the traditional version. And cool means. It's very cool. It looks a lot like the Man of Steel logo, or not logo, uh, suit. Yes. Which is actually really cool. I, okay. People I've seen complaining that it's not like the Superman return suit, it's not like the traditional suit, blah blah blah, no red no red underwear. And I get where you're coming from, but grow up. Well, and also Smallville was more a realistic take on everything anyway. Exactly. And they, all the costumes were a variation of something. Yes. To be more real world fitting. Yes. So this works, it, it's viable. It was really cool. It's a little different than what we saw in Finale. Well, and what the other characters um, wear for costumes. Yeah. Because they still seem a little more feasible in the real world. Of course, Superman seems more outside the spectrum. It's more similar to the Legion or Booster Gold. Right. 
or even Green Arrow, I guess you could argue. But to a certain extent, Superman can get away with it. Oh, absolutely. Because he's alien and stuff. And Superman is timeless. Sure. You can't put any date on that, no matter what right. time you live in. And I think it makes it more iconic. Yes. For the people that are seeing you. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, seeing him in media. Like right now. Wow. And uh, then we get the really the humble Clark that we're used to on Smallville. Yes. Where he's kind of you know humble and a little embarrassed and isn't afraid to admit that he's like the average bear. Yeah, as he talks about to the cosmonauts that he's sorry he hasn't learned Russian. And kind of asks if someone can speak English just to help him out. Well, that's good. That makes it's kind of like funny that. that Superman would say, do you speak English because he's Kryptonian, you know? So it's kind of funny. Tom Welling Superman. True. I know, no, I know. It's funny. I just think it's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, I like it. It makes it relatable. But they don't know he's an alien yet, do they? It makes it more human-like. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. No, they're just treating him like an average person. Yeah. And, and that's cool. He can sit and talk and chat people up. Yeah. And, and he's concerned. He's like, hey, everybody, make sure you do this. Listen to me. Yeah, make sure that you call this in because these things are not going to hold forever and you're going to fall back into space. And he gives this really nice vibe where you're like, I can trust this guy. Yeah. You know, he's like, I'll help you get back. It's okay, don't worry. I mean, he seems like a very trusting guy. Absolutely. Where the Superman of the New 52, you meet him and you're like, oh, crap, don't throw me to a brick wall. Exactly. This guy's not scary. No. You can approach him. Again, he's more like the Christopher Reeve Superman. I think Superman should be approachable. Exactly. I mean, I think he should be a nice guy. Yeah. Which it was a lot of people's problem in so Superman X on Legion of Superhero Show. And I, and I like how Clark isn't necessarily knowledgeable. Like, he has a lot to learn. Yes. Still, because like he's like, I don't really know where the airlock is. And I don't know Russian. And, and he wouldn't. Right. This is, a guy, this is a farm boy through Kansas. Exactly. I mean, he knows how to treat people, he knows how to be respectful. He's an all-around good guy, but in terms of some of these, he's still learning these things. He's still learning. We're, even the cops, to a certain extent, because like, once he becomes Superman, he knows everything. Well, that's not necessarily true. Right. And, and, and I'm glad that they did this story. Yeah, I'm glad Ron, Brian wrote it that way, because yeah. that shows us that it's still Smallville. It's still the show we know and love. Right. And yes, new people can get into it and watch it, or not watch it, read it now, but the hardcore Smallville fans are still going to be comfortable with you. Well, and also it shows Clark's character can still develop. There's still room for him to expand and grow. Absolutely. Again, he's at the point now where he can be a hero and save the day, but there's more he can do. Yeah. And This scene is good. Yeah, we really get a nice moment. Uh, Superman, you know, it's, he says the thank you to the guys for for just being nice to him, I guess. Yeah, and he has the S on his cape. Yeah, so he's got the S on the back of his cape, which is nice. And he says thank you to the guys, meaning I think he appreciated them. Being be, nice. Yeah, and not being like, get out of your yeah. person. Yeah. Get off our ship. So that was cool. And then we get this nice moment that really, you know, it tugged at the heartstrings. Mm -hmm. It made me think uh, Jonathan Kent of Jonathan Kent is somewhere smiling. When this this guy, one of the astronauts, is like, "Stop, stop! This guy would like to get your autograph for his son." 
and Clark's response. You know, I, I should probably say Superman. Yeah. But I keep calling him Clark. I, to be honest, it's yeah. better that we call him Clark because that makes him more personable. Well, and that's the character I followed. Exactly. You know, I feel like I've had this close kind of brotherly relationship with him. Yes. For watching him for ten years, and 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 he and I are kind of the same age, which I've talked about before. Yeah. So I kind of like, hey, he's my buddy, Clark. So that's kind of why I keep calling him. No, Clark. totally go with it, man. Um, I do call him Superman when talking about the comics, though. Well, yes. But this is Clark. And so Clark responds because your son already has the hero to look up to, cosmonaut, and he's saying, you know, that's the astronaut's father. Or the kid's father. Uh, yeah, the, the kid's father. Yeah, and the guy's like, you know, how can we thank you? You're a heck of a nice guy. Clark's like, it won't be necessary. Mm-hmm. And that's cool, you know? Yeah. Most of the time it's cool if the superhero has some awesome, like, one liner, like, you know, don't mess with me in a dark alley kind of thing. But that's more Batman. This that's is more Superman. Batman. But he still comes across as cool. Yeah. You know, you're like, man, that guy's awesome. Don't want to be that guy. Be friendly. And he's like, I'm just doing my job. And then we get this nice shot of Superman flying off. Can we get a classic smile? Yes. Which is trademark. Smile off the camera. That was a nice shot. And probably this would turn into, somebody save me. too warm. And what would be awesome is if the S symbol flew towards the camera at the end of the shot, then it changed into the S for the small little intro. If that's what they would do... Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh! Like, if it flew at the screen, the S symbol... This was on TV. And then it changed into the... Oh, my. And then it backed up. Yeah. That is awesome. That would be pretty cool. Wow. And as we're talking about these comics, we're probably going to be talking... Wouldn't this be cool if it was filmed this way on a TV show? Yeah. Just because this is a TV show being changed in the comics. Right. And that's why we include it on our DC Nation section, and we don't do separate podcasts for it, because it's still not just DC Comics, but it's still also a DC Comics show that we fell in love with. And even though it's a comic now, I mean, it's it's still the show to us. Yeah. And when it was over, where we got to this page, and it said, to be continued, I was like, that's it? Yeah. It's over? I want more. I'm hungry for it. Well, it was a great opening outing. Yeah. And it's really great to get people more excited. Yes. So I hope they keep reading and coming back. Yes. And the next installment will be next week? Correct. Next nice. Fr- every Friday at 11 a.m. Nice. Yes. So people are going to be reading this at work. Yeah. Other lunch breaks. Which means you got to get it as soon as possible before I get out of school. Because when I get out of school, I'm going to come home and read it. And if I don't have it there, Michael's going to be... I'll call, I will call but, you. But I signed up for the whole series. So I think every week it'll just put it on there. Well, I don't know. So I don't know if it will. We'll see what happens on Friday. Yeah. Can I am getting my comics through Comixology? That's Comixology.com. Which is currently the only way to get them. Yeah, it's the only way to get them, and going through there will allow you to download the comics onto your computer, as, as well as your iTunes as well as your iPhone, iPad, or Android yes. phone, if you have those. Yes. So you can get the comics on there, and then a print will be coming out. And In we'll, one month. Yeah, and we'll remind you of that release date when it comes closer. Yeah, the date is May 16th, I believe. And I believe that, and that's a Wednesday. New comics come out in print on Wednesdays, but every week it will come out Friday. So, in honor of the online. show. Yeah. Great way to do it. It's the only one that does. 
Yes. Because so. Brian deserves that Brian Exactly. So yes. I hopefully by our next episode when we cover part two, hopefully we'll have the numbers of how good it went. Or how yes. good it was. You know? We'll keep updated on that. Yeah. So I hope that and we'll get yeah, we'll keep you updated on that every week. And then the same with uh the print once that comes out. Yeah. Because I know I'm getting one for you and I'm getting one and Wu is getting one and Nico will probably get one. Yes. So the four of us will be getting. <laughs> oh, wow. And Wu and I are going to still review them on retro reviews, but we're going to review the print issues, not every week like Dan and I will do. Sorry. Because this will be a part of our DC Nation show as well. Yes, which I'm currently in the process of editing, so this will go in there. So, yeah, this is going to be tacked upon that episode. So On week six. Yeah, I don't know how well the intro to this section is going to be pulled off, yeah. but that's what we're going to do. We're going to include this on there, so that'll be good. And I think we're going to tack this on. At the end of the episode, are you thinking? Uh, yeah, after Young Justice. All right, so with that, I guess we will move into the closing now for this week's episode. So, Michael, since we're going to move on to the closing, do you want to share with everybody tentatively what we're going to be talking about next week? Sure. Uh, next week on Cross Your Waves DC Nation section, we will be covering the Green Lantern, the animated series episode, Reckoning, which includes... Atrocitus once again returning to the show, Very along nice. is the Red Lantern homeworld shard. After that, we will be covering DC Nation shorts, Green Care Bear, DC's World Funniest, and another short which I do not know the name to yet. And we will be covering the Young Justice episode, Unusual Suspects, which will reveal the mole. Exciting! So we'll have a good mole discussion next week. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming the Atrocitus thing is going to be them going back to get Razor's Red Lantern. Or Ra- Razor's Power Battery. Because he's running out of juice. Yeah. And I just want to give props real quick to Hero Supreme, who commented on our week four discussion with Plastic Man, you know? Yeah. Plastic Man! Yes! <laughs> anyway, um, he gave us the schedules for the shorts. Nice. So April 14th, which will be our next episode, we have Mad Presents, Green Care Bear, and DC's World Funniest 4, which is another ugh, claymation. So that's that short that you didn't know the name of, is the yes. Care Bear thing. Okay. No, no, there's another one. Oh, okay. There's always three shorts. Okay. I just didn't know. And then April 21st, we have another Plastic Man. Yes. We have a Teen Titans. Very cool. And another one, which is not on here. And then he only has one listed so far. For April 28th, and it's another Super Best Friends Forever, and it's called Grounded. Nice. Well, so good stuff. And thanks to him for that. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Really helps us out. Also, you can visit our ATA website to access our regular The Cross the Airways podcast, which is done by myself and my co-host, Nico Reifstech, and we cover live-action shows that are on TV that are quite popular. Also... If you'd like, you could check out Michael's show entitled ATA Smallville Retro Reviews, where Michael and his partner, Cry Wukim, review previously released Smallville episodes to talk about that and also review Supernatural episodes from time to time that discuss other topics. Also, you could check out our Road to the Avengers podcast miniseries, where Michael and I are going to be providing you with 
audio commentary while we watch and order all of the films connected to the highly anticipated Avengers movie coming out on May 4th. And we just released an Iron Man 2 episode. And tomorrow, we're going to be recording a Thor episode, uh, doing a commentary on that movie. So be on the lookout for that commentary within the week once Michael gets it posted. Also, if you'd like, you can visit our website at www.acrosstheairways.com to contact us through email. And again, that email address is acrosstheairways at gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairways at gmail.com. Also, if it's easier, you can contact us by clicking the like button to access our Facebook page, featuring all of Nico's movie and entertainment, movie and television news that he finds throughout the week. Then also you can access that news and also keep track of our podcast releases by following us on Twitter. Again, that's Across Airwaves. There's no the there. It's our Twitter is Across Airwaves. Also, you can follow all the news we find out about the entertainment industry through our Google Plus page. Again, if you like, if you have crackpot theories about any of the DC Nation shows we cover, or the live action shows, or the Avengers movies, you can leave us a voicemail. Now, what's that number they can call, Michael? Oh, yes. That number that you can call for our voicemail is 1773-809-3363. That is 1773-809-3363. Thank you, Michael. For sure, call that number. We haven't gotten a voicemail in a long time, and we'd love to get one, especially from a DC Nation fan. So Michael is begging you for that, so do that. Please. Animal Man wants you to. Also, if you'd like, you can access our YouTube channel, which features all sorts of previews and promos for upcoming episodes of many of the shows that we cover and popular summer movies coming out. Also, through that YouTube channel, you can watch Nico's video podcast, News with Nico, where he provides you with all sorts of news on the movie and television industry. So check that out. It's really well done and really cool. And also on this YouTube channel, I'm going to begin to start trying to post all of the DC Nation shorts that we cover when they appear up on YouTube. Again, they're hard to find and they don't last very long, but we're going to try our the best we can for you guys to be able to check out all those shorts through YouTube. Also, if you don't want to go back and listen through this podcast for all the ways you can contact us, you can download our Android app by clicking the link on the right-hand side of our page. And with that app, you can contact us you can contact our podcast in all the variety of ways I just mentioned, as well as access all of our podcast episodes through your cellular phone. So once again, for my Across the Airways co-host, Nico Reifstech, and Michael's ATA Smallville Record Reviews co-host, Blue Kim, I'm Dan Schmitz. And I'm Michael J. Petty. And until the next DC Nation, we'll we catch you on the airways. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, and have a great week.
Jeffster lives, man. We now return to our regularly scheduled program.